and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks. Today, we're going to have a great conversation with ABC Dementia. We're going to be talking about courses and community uh, with Laura, and I'll introduce you to her in just a minute. But before that, I just want to let people know they are more than welcome to join us at Arthur's Memory Cafe, which is hosted the second and the fourth Wednesday of each month. It's online. Um, at 2 p.m. Eastern, and you can just uh, go ahead and reach out to me for more information on that. I can send you the Zoom link. I also, if you are in Minnesota, do a in-person support group for care partners, which also has respite for your loved ones at the Shoreview Community Center the last Wednesday of every month from 10 to 1130. Just reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com and I can get you that information. I would also encourage you to check out our website, alzheimerspeaks.com. There you can access all of our free educational tools. You can find out about Dementia Map and um, also our book, or if you're interested in a speaker for an event or host, you can reach me through the website as well. So with no further ado, let me go and introduce you to our guests. So Laura, I'm so excited to have you join us today. Um, this has been on the schedule for a little while. And I'm, I'm really excited to have our audience get to know you and ABC Dementia. So I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself if you don't mind. Yeah, happy to. Thanks, Laurie. I'm um, honored to be here and excited as well. Um, I have been in dementia care since I think it was 1998 or so. It's been a long, <laughs> a long time now. And I got in um, and as a direct caregiver. And over the, uh, the time I've, I have been um, in activities, I've been in care coordination, medication, I was an administrator, um, and in-service director, I've kind of seen it and felt it from all different um, angles. And um, a couple years ago, I had an opportunity to uh, switch gears a little bit, but, you know, still am really and getting into more kind of the consulting um, side of things, but still just really love dementia care and um, couldn't be more passionate about it. Wonderful. So was it the pandemic that kind of got you into the consulting and creating um, your your company, ABC Dementia? It's a really good question. And you would think so. But as it happened, it um, I got out of management right before the pandemic. It was essentially 
what I have kind of come to think of, of it was that it was essentially the the universe just telling me, hey, it is time to take the next step. I had a number of things going on in my own life. As far as my own health, I was really struggling um, to meet my family's needs. My daughter got sick at that time. Um, and um, there was a lot of stuff going on at work as far as um, developing a new memory care facility as, as the same time as concurrently running the old one. And it just, it was just too much. Um, and so I really needed some time to take a step back, figure out, learn how to take care of myself. I really had gone my entire life without ever knowing how to do that. And so it, I stepped back from management, um, and at that time went into uh, a home care position. So I was still working with the people with dementia, which is what I really love. But it was, you know, my salary dropped in half. It was, it's just awful, you know, the <laughs> the level of, of pay that people get. Um, and so I had to figure out how is I going to make ends meet. And so I started writing um, for family caregivers, uh, family caregiver platforms and things like that. And I started because uh, being approached by different businesses who were interested in, in learning more about people with dementia and family caregivers. So that was interesting to talk to talk to them. Um, but I really missed one of the things I really, really loved about um, my position in memory care was being able to look at the big picture and figure out um, essentially what needs were unmet in the person with dementia. So um, it started out as, you know, bit, you know, looking at their behaviors. And what we figured out was that when their needs were met, their behaviors, so so-called behaviors, um, went away and they, they were thriving. They were just doing so, so much better. And I just really, really loved that. Um, so I was, I started looking for, okay, how can I get that portion back into my life? Because as a home care aide, my role was different. And even though I could advocate and say, Hey, this, you know, my, my person is having issues with constipation or whatever the case is, I, I had a limit limited ability to actually, um, then do the next step. So, um, it took a little bit of time. Uh, and what I realized, what I've just actually realized about a week or two ago, um, was the thing that made the difference um, in getting this, bringing this all together was having that right support. And that is something that I'm really um, more and more noticing that we all, all of us uh, really can thrive with the right support and we all struggle with it. So that's with people with dementia as well as, you know, the rest of us. Which is very true. I mean, all of us, when we are in a, when we have family or friends in an environment that understands us and supports us, we all do better. And um, when you talked about when the needs are met, the behaviors decrease, which only makes sense, you know. And so I think one of the things like that I learned with dementia was when you grab a hold of nuggets like that. I mean, they apply through all of your life. You know, it's just kind of that 100%. common sense piece, you know, that you can use it with your toddler, with your spouse, with your teenagers, with your, your neighbor, your coworker, whatever. It all really melds together and it isn't anything new. It's just 
tapping into it in a new way that has been overlooked for so long. So for you to really kind of go through that process, you know, you said you, you left your job, you, you know, took another one for a lot less money, you started writing. What was your process to actually say, okay, I'm going to go into business and be a consultant? Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Was there one or did it was it just organic with you? It was pretty organic and and pretty laughable honestly from um an outside perspective. I I um you know, I had basically the the cheapest cell phone you could you could buy. Uh sitting here at my um my home care clients uh in, in her room while she's resting and I'm, you know, um googling things like how to make money writing or am I a business or you know what's a P&L you know those types of things because um yeah so it was a very very slow painstaking process of just figuring out every single step um as I went along um it it never was uh there was never a moment of just like hey I'm going to go into business for myself. It's just like, okay, I am struggling. And what do I do to survive this (laughs) situation? And um, I continued that for a good um, couple years, Um, just slowly, you know, getting better clients, um, getting more opportunities, starting, you know, putting together the stuff I had learned. But it felt like um, things really changed uh, one day when I met somebody on LinkedIn. Um, her name is Patty and I didn't know it at the time, but that was kind of the moment that everything ended up changing in retrospect. I, I been reflecting on that this last couple months. Um, she was the one that really brought together, started to bring together my supports, my own support system. Um, as far as, you know, she was working with some other entrepreneurs, solopreneurs who were uh, creating a kind of a co-op and a time bank to support one another. Um, so having those people that understood the, the challenges that I was going through really, really made a huge difference just um, both tangibly and intangibly as far as, you know, they were, they were able to share, you know, resources with me or, or suggestions as well as just kind of understand what it was like, you know. And then she also, and Patty also introduced me to a group um, that was, <clears throat> that is very similar, but the, um, you know, it was, it was, called founder up and it helped to teach me a lot of these different things about businesses that I didn't know. Um, and again, was just some supportive people, you know, and that 
led me into um, a situation uh, to a story building class run by um, one of the, the the people from Founder Up, and that really gave me a lot of an opportunity to do some insight into you know where is it that I am not meeting my own needs and and more you know, more deeply than that, why am I not meeting my own needs? You know, why am I making the choices I'm making? And so it was, you know, I had to really do um, some some digging and, and figuring out what <laughs> what was it that I was choosing for myself subconsciously, you know, and so, um, you know, and from there, that ended up coming to an opportunity for this course and community that we've just opened at the ABC dementia course and community, which was just, again, looking back on it, such a beautiful um, synchronicity as far as, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it didn't even start out a hundred percent to be a support system, but as we built it together and we looked at it and said, this is exactly what this is. And this is, exactly what you know my path has been certainly and patty had a, a very similar story as well of just when we have the right support we just really really can go so much farther feel so much better think so much clearer function so much better so it was um yeah it, it has become kind of a <laughs> a really beautiful story that i'm just right now i'm um, starting to appreciate and starting to see and appreciate and do you want to give a, a plug for patty Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That's Patty Sharon. Um, and we initially um, collaborated on a book called Brick by Brick Bonding that she she wrote um, initially. And that was one of the first things that we did on LinkedIn is, is she said, hey, I've, I've written this book. Would you take a look at it? You know, it was pre-publication at that point. And I looked it over and I loved the core of it. I had a lot of different suggestions for, um, you know, things I felt like we could um, adjust, make it a little bit stronger. I brought in the more of the dementia care piece. She was coming, she was a Lego artist. So she um, was coming from the perspective of, you know, hey, I love Lego. I'm seeing this is working, you know. Um, and so we really were able to collaborate on that, get that published in, in February and just really, really loved working together. And so, yeah, so now we're partnering with this course and community and just, yeah, so excited. So can you tell us a little bit more about the course and then we'll get into the community piece after that? Yeah, absolutely. So the course, um, it will open January 15th. It's not currently up yet. It's still in development, but, um, the first course that we're offering is called the Family Caregiver Kickstart. And it's just a um, kind of 12 self-paced lessons about, okay, you've got somebody in your life with early signs of memory loss. Here are the things you need to know and do right now at this point. And um, from there, you know, we're going to be developing additional courses as far as behavioral communication and more of the practical tips as far as, you know, how to help, you know, with bathing or this or that, some of the more specific caregiving things. But the reason that we're specifically focusing on the very, very early stages is because it is so, so hard when we're entrenched in caregiving to 
go, certainly it's really difficult to go out and seek resources, even if there's something plopped in your lap. A lot of times we don't have the, just the cognitive bandwidth to absorb new information, you know, so it's, it's kind of a challenge because people at this stage aren't even necessarily thinking of themselves as caregivers. They're just thinking of themselves as, you know, a son or a daughter or a, a spouse. Um, but it's really the, that's the time that we have the most power and ability to really alter our trajectory um, moving forward. So that's a little bit of a challenge um, to reach these people who don't think of themselves as caregivers at a time that they're not really necessarily thinking of it as a, you know, they're not really necessarily realizing that they need help, but that's the goal. Um, and, you know, and from there, just being there with people as they, you know, they encounter the different challenges, you know, being able to help problem solve, um, you know, mom needs more help, but what does that mean? What resources are out there? That type of thing. So that's where we're starting is the, the family caregiver kickstart and then moving on from there. Now, did you say that that was several different courses that they can self do? Are they going to be like pre-recorded? it's yeah the course of themselves are pre-recorded they're just short little videos and and uh, written material they're they're designed to be very short um and really get to the meat of the matter um the the real heart though of the program and the learning happens kind of in the live session so we'll be having you know several live groups each week, um, some that are open to the public and some that are, you know, just exclusively for community members. So, you know, that we get to know each of the, the people in the community. So when somebody comes in, we do a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them to really kind of understand, okay, this is your situation. This is, these are the struggles that you're having now, or, or maybe you're not struggling now, but these are, you know, so we kind of we get to know each each of the people um and then um like i said it's just kind of by attending the live groups by reading the material by going through the courses and just interacting in the community itself in the forum itself in the community um learning the some of these core tenants um it, it's really a lot like learning a language is what i'm starting to realize it's just you know things as far as like what we're saying when our needs are met we do better you know so we, we really emphasize that when you go out there in the world it the world tells us that oh people with dementia are agitated and irritable and have problems sleeping and so what most people do is think oh well that's dementia and then they just stop <laughs> They stop problem solving at that point. Whereas, you know, yeah, there is some some of that that is could be just from the changes to the brain, but a huge portion of it isn't. A huge portion of it is because people are still people, whether or not they have dementia. They still have their same needs, you know, and there's so many things that we need as people. We need connection. We need to process our grief. You know, we need to... Um, is have our emotions supported. We need the proper amount of mental stimulation. So the list just goes on and on. Um, and so those, that, that message and that philosophy kind of takes time to get into our bones. And so by participating in, like I said, the live events and, and kind of just reading the material and just sort of being part of the community, we learn it over time. 
So with these courses, are you comfortable saying, I would imagine there's a fee to sign up for the courses and then for the support groups or are the support groups rolled into the course materials? Yeah, it was really important to us to keep it super accessible because people, a lot of people have absolutely legitimate um, financial constraints and the ones who actually could afford more assistance often feel like they can't because they don't know how long they have to budget for and this and that. And so, you know, we have everything wrapped into, it's a monthly subscription of just $25. And that is, again, just to keep it super um, accessible. We do, you know, obviously that doesn't, or I don't know if it's obvious <laughs> or not to others, but to me, like it, it just, that's not enough to pay the operating costs, let alone, you know, feed our, our family and stuff like that. So um, we have some affiliate relationships with some different um, service providers or, or products that we really stand behind, you know, so trying to be creative and how we, um, how we bring in some, you know, different revenue streams. I also work with some different businesses um, and, and supplement in income that way. But, you know, first and foremost, it's just really a labor of love. It's something that it's really important to me to do something that I feel good about doing. I, I could not be more passionate about this um, this topic, you know, about this uh, helping people thrive with dementia. So, you know, I don't know if at some point we'll have to adjust that, but my intention is to keep it very, very low and accessible. Um and definitely the people who come in now will be locked in at the $25 a month price uh, indefinitely. It's wonderful. I think affordability is really important. And um, like you, I, you know, I stepped into this space wanting to create free resources for people because there's, there's just so, it's hard to find. And then there's so much of it out there once you do tap in and you don't know really what it is you need and um and the competition is just growing all the time in terms of who's out there and there's there's many like you and i who are in it because we think it's important you know we've lived and breathed it and we understand it um but when a market becomes big then you get the people that are just in it to try to make the money off the system as well and so it, the dynamics of everything I think have, have I've seen change since I got into this in 2009. And I don't know if you've seen that change as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm looking at it from a different point of view as I was at, at that, you know, at 2009, I think is when I, um, or 2010 is when I started being the administrator. Um, so my focus was a little bit different. Um, but, but absolutely, I mean, as far as what information was out there, there was certainly, you know, a lot less. And now it's, I think it's really interesting now because we do, there are so many resources available, but people don't know about them because they don't know where to look. You know, they, uh, you can't go to your, your doctor. The doctors generally won't, <laughs> uh, you know, know, they have, they have legal departments that don't let them, um, you know, even if they did have time to, to find the resources, you know, and so that's a huge part of what we're trying to do with with this community is just, you don't have to sift through it yourself. Let's just talk about it. And then, you know, Patty or I or, or other community members can say, well, hey, did you know about, you know, did you know palliative care was a thing? So many people don't. And that's huge. It could be a life changer. And, and that's, a, you know, some of the resources are just really nice to have. And some of them absolutely are life changers. So 
but yeah, if you don't know what you're looking for, it's really hard to to find it. Can't you can't Google what you don't know? That's for sure. Well, thank you, Laura. Um, I, we're going to take just a short break, but before I do that, I just want to remind people we're talking with Laura uh, Herman of ABC Dementia. And we've been learning about uh, her business and how she's going about tackling dementia care and getting support out to people by creating courses and community that you can get involved with. And you can always go to her website directly, which is very easy. It's abcdementia.org. Uh, her email is laura, L-A-U-R-A, at abcdementia.org. And then she is also on LinkedIn and has a Facebook profile with ABC Dementia, uh, too. So you've made it real easy. Sometimes people's handles are all over the board there, and it gets <laughs> kind of confusing. We're going to hear about QBlocks, and then we're going to be right back. I also want to introduce you all to QBlocks. They have been absolutely excellent to deal with. They have been in business for 18 years and they serve the globe. I can't say enough good things about this company. I've had a lot of bad experiences. I don't know about you with tech companies. They have made a very complicated process very easy and their staff is so kind, so polite, so respectful to work with and you know, when I am frustrated and ready to pull my hair out, they just smile and tell me everything's going to be okay. And they really are just on top of the communication, which alleviates so much stress as an owner when you're dealing with tech issues. You can get a 10% discount. Visit them at QBlocks at C-U-E-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com or you can email them at letstalk at qblocks.com. For that 10% discount, just put Lori, L-O-R-I, in the inquiry form. And again, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I surely haven't been. I, I can't rave enough about this company. And that's kind of rare these days. Laura, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your support system and why you think that it is so essential to dementia, family, caregivers, care partners, care companions, carers, whatever you want to call them from wherever you're listening around the world. And you had mentioned earlier that there are so many people, especially early on, that just don't, I mean, they don't even know that's who they've become, you know, that they're in that category anymore. So one, how do you plan on reaching them? And then why is it so critical that you do reach them? Yeah, such a good question. Um, well, I'm going to start with why it's critical, because <laughs> that's that's easier for me to answer. Um, and absolutely, I mean, if if you're starting out with a completely full tank as far as you're emotionally fulfilled, spiritually, all your needs are met, you know, you might be able to take care of somebody else for a while, you know, um, without doing too much to, to refill your reserves. Um, most of us don't, don't start out uh, with the full tank. Um, and the, tr the fact of the matter is, is as we just give and, and give, uh, it just like a gas tank, it, it gets depleted and we reach a point where we, um, where we don't have any more. And so, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, I got to a point where my family's needs were exceeding my own. And, you know, I had been 
preaching this message for years, probably, you know, decades, probably by this point, so you have to take care of yourself, you have to take care of yourself. I would give myself an exception, because I had stuff to do and, and whatnot. And I and I knew better, but I also didn't because when you're in it, you just have to, you just do whatever you can do when you're in, when you're in survival mode. And a lot of times that is sacrificing your health and your needs. And what happens is you cut back on sleep, or you cut back on socialization, and you get these emotions start building up is that we don't think as well, we don't make the dis- you know, we don't make good decisions, we don't, um, we can get reactive, you know, and I got to a point where I wasn't happy. I was I was ashamed of the way I was um, interacting with my family, I, I felt really bad about it. And I didn't have the problem solving the presence of mind to figure out, okay, how can I fix it? You know, my, my best thought was, well, I'll just try harder. Because that's all I ever knew was just till I'm just going to dig deeper, I'm just going to try harder. And it doesn't work, you know, and so I mean, everybody <laughs> learns this lesson. Um, and I certainly had to learn it for myself um, as well. But I can do my best to just get, you know, get that word out there to people. Um, you know, I've seen just in my own life with with friends and, and in the last couple of weeks, even uh, going from, you know, they're supporting their um, loved ones with the with you know, mild memory impairment, doing pretty well, you know, in a place where I would feel like they're, they're pretty much ahead of the game to now all of a sudden they're completely entrenched, can't handle their work, they can't handle their, their health because the person has gone to the hospital or, you know, there's been a sudden change and it does, it can just happen that quickly. So having that support system, you know, the, it really, it's multifaceted. It, it can help us on those days where we just can't. And, and you can, you know, having somebody who can understand what you're going through and say, Hey, I, you know, I, I get it. I, I, you know, I hear, hear how you're feeling. This sucks. This is really hard. And that's all <laughs> you need to hear in that moment. But then in those other moments where you have a little bit more capacity to, to have somebody who can say, okay, I can see your situation more clearly. I'm in a, you know, a different perspective from you, this, you know, would be a a good next step or, or this is, or have you considered this? Um, You know, have you thought about that? Have you, you know, there's tactful ways of of saying it, of course, but, but helping people see the next step sometimes when they can't see it for themselves. I know that's something that's been helpful, critical for me. It's something that, you know, and all of the family caregivers um, I've worked with in the last, you know, 20 some years, it, it is just absolutely critical. We can't, we don't have that perspective when things just suddenly turn. Um, and so getting that support system in place ahead of time, as much as we can, you know, I don't think there's ever anything we can do 100%. And just, we're, you know, we're just going to hit it all. And now it's not, not difficult, it's going to be difficult um, at times. But having that support system is the difference between an absolute crisis, you know, whether that's a, you know, a stroke or heart attack or mental breakdown or something that's, that's really, really uh, severe, life threatening, um, to just having this experience be, you know, sacred and rewarding, difficult, yes, but but very rewarding, versus something that is just, you come away from being resentful and drained and 
regretful, you know, so it absolutely makes 100% of the difference to, to, to have that support and to get it in place ahead of time when you when you can. Um, now, <laughs> the question of how to do that, uh, how to reach people who, as you said, don't recognize that they're family caregivers, and don't necessarily, uh, at least, maybe they're, um, they're recognizing a little bit of, of like, oh, gosh, mom's memory is changing, I'm gonna, you know, probably, probably gonna need to do something at some point, you know, um, but it's certainly not like the top priority, you know, higher than that is, you know, <laughs> 18 different things that their career or their kids or, you know, XYZ. So that's, um, that's something I'm kind of trying to find out as I go, you know, as far as I know, I haven't been able to find really anybody else who is doing this exact, <laughs> this exact thing. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to get the word out, asking people to let others that they know, um, uh, spread the word. Um, I do a lot of writing. I, you know, have a newsletter. I write on um, on LinkedIn and Facebook um, to try, and I use a lot of stories so people can kind of help, you know, recognize themselves in the scenarios a little bit. But it is really just a process of let's let's find out what works and what doesn't. And I have a a really strong feeling that you know, as long as I'm just doing my best, one foot in front of the other. Um, that you know if you build it they will come type of things um so hopefully that's true <laughs> um i'm continually learning so uh definitely uh if you or your uh listeners have any suggestions i'm all for it <laughs> but uh yeah that's definitely a challenge well and one of the things our listeners can do is just kind of like click and share this <clears throat> so that it gets out to their circle of information. I always ask people to be a giver of hope. You know, it doesn't cost them um, any money and it takes very little time to make that click, but it makes a huge difference in many people's lives. And a lot of times we don't even know that they need this information because they haven't talked about it because they don't see themselves as a caregiver. They don't, they don't even know that information like this is out there for them. You also made an interesting comment when you said, you know, a lot of people don't recognize themselves as a caregiver or care partner or whatever you want to use for term. And, you know, they typically aren't going to start out with their, you know, with their gas tank full, you know, as far as their soul and being fulfilled themselves. And there are a lot of people that um, I guess I've seen over the years, like with my family, that was, it was a role model for me to, care for others. But there are a lot of people out there that never had that role model. So it's very foreign. And I actually had people go, what are you doing? Why? Why are you doing that? You know, just put them in a home, just do this, do that. But run, run. <laughs> you, know, you, don't have to, you don't have to give up your life. And I mean, that's really how they looked at it. And, and for me, that was just like, wow, that never even occurred to me, because right. that is not how I was raised. And so there can be a lot of lack of empathy and compassion out there. And, yeah. you know, when that's the case and they just step in thinking, well, this will be temporary, you know, resentment, I think, can grow stronger faster in terms of this process and people feeling overwhelmed. And it's it's interesting to kind of watch the dynamics and 
you know, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way, but we have to be careful how we behave as care partners. And if we are getting overwhelmed, we have to recognize that to step out and say, okay, this isn't healthy for me and it's not healthy for them. And I think sometimes people feel trapped, like, well, I can't step away. And now they become part of the problem. And Mm -hmm. the cycle continues because nobody's buckets are full and everyone's feeling scared, resentful, uncomfortable. I mean, there's so many different um, adjectives we could use for all of that. And for everyone, it's going to be a little bit different. But I think that's a side that we don't really talk about a whole heck of a lot. Not everyone's made to care um, at a level that you might see fit. And I know I felt that in terms of judgment. And I was probably the, the, the hardest on myself in terms of where I needed to be. And I didn't want to let, you know, my parents down who I was caring for, um, or my family. And so then I also didn't feel like I could state my true feelings, or I'm exhausted, I could use a little help. I, I thought I was kind of non-verbally giving those messages out, just kind of, because it's uncomfortable asking somebody for help. And um, just as much as it's uncomfortable getting help from somebody else. And we forget about that whole cycle too. So um, there's so many things, I think when you're in a support group or you meet like-minded people that understand, the judgment kind of melts away you feel you can be your authentic self, have your authentic feelings um, and process those. And I think that is just such a critical, critical piece in this whole development of caring for somebody else. A hundred percent. Yeah. The, I think the something I've really learned over the last couple of years is, you know, we really have to accept our feelings um feel them and then they and then they go (laughs) but when we try to ignore them we try to resist them that's when they stay there and that's when they cause these problems and that's when they come out you know whether it's passive aggressively or they just you know it'll kind of fester till it explodes it kind of looks a little different for different people or you know we'll we'll shut down and get um depressed you know different things like that um but yeah, I think that there are definitely people who are more drawn to caregiving than than not. And um, one of the things that I see with caregivers um, a lot is, you know, kind of just like what you were saying, where it never occurred to you to, you know, that, that, that there might have been other options. And that I hear that a lot. Um, and it's, The reason why that's so important is not necessarily because, you know, if you had considered that that those other options, you probably, you know, there's a very good chance you still would have chosen the option that you chose. But by recognizing that there are other options, that brings, um, puts the choice and the power back in our own hands. And that is incredibly important choice. Control is absolutely a human need. So I can talk about that as it pertains to people with dementia, giving them their choice and control back, but also as it pertains to, you know, caregivers, that when we are, um, when we recognize that I am making this choice because I want to, essentially, you know, it, it, it's hard, it, I wish I had different choices, but, you know, um, it, you know, and again, I had a, a moment 
early it was probably in the spring where I'm sitting here it's like midnight I got home from home care I'm washing the dishes and just the kitchen is so filthy like I'm not somebody who's like <clears throat> obsessing over a clean house or anything it's just like there's no clean dishes for breakfast I got to get the kids up in five hours I'm going to go ahead and do dishes right now so that I have a little bit of a better you know uh, situation in the in the morning time I'll appreciate it in the morning um and as I'm doing that and feeling like the water on my hands and just kind of like letting the thoughts come and go, it just, it occurs to me like, I don't have to do these dishes. I don't have to, you know, I don't even have to, I don't have to get the kids up for school. I don't have to, you know, I could go out in my car and I could drive away and just disappear as far as my family is concerned forever. Now I'm not going to do that. I, <laughs> but it is an option. People do that. Like you were saying, other people, there are people who do that. So when I had that realization and owned that, like, okay, I am choosing this. This is hard, but I am choosing it. Then I was able to take so much more power back. And it relieved a lot of the those feelings of just like, oh, I have to do, that. you know, the, that feeling trapped and, and uh, you know, having no control. So, and then caregivers, people who do support people with dementia over the long term, you know, I'm sure I'm, I know that you're aware of, of all of the, you know, horrible statistics about burnout and, and everything. But there's so so much worse when people feel that they don't have a choice. So when we can step back and realize, hey, we do have a choice. This is the choice I'm making. Then we start to realize too that, okay, so I have other choices, I can ask for help, even though it is so uncomfortable <laughs> or I can you know I can choose you know to say no to that function or you know whatever it is like the, the choices are there we just we don't see them a lot when we get in that mindset so it's really powerful to start to be more aware of them it's interesting when you gave the choice about I'm just gonna I'm heading out I'm running away from my family <laughs> you know um and not that you're going to take that choice but again it makes you think of what you get from your family Mm -hmm. and why you want to stay. And I think so often we get kind of, you know, sucked down the drain of, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming and there's nothing good. And it's just this tornado effect where all of a sudden you're going, but I, I like getting a hug from my child. I, I like yeah. taking, I love, I love being loved by my child and being able to love them. I love all these other things. So damn it, I'm going to do the dishes. <laughs> so, so morning's a little more calm, but you know, I want to do this. And that makes a huge, huge, huge difference. So I'm glad that you brought that point up because I think it is one that gets overlooked um, often. And it's like, no, I don't have a choice. Yeah, you do. You do have a choice. And there's a lot of things in, you know, between taking full care and running away. There's a lot of options in between. And some you may be able to take advantage of and some you might not just because of finances alone. Um, yeah. Some of it might be getting your ego out of the way and asking mm -hmm. for help. And how do you do that? And that is probably one of the most uncomfortable things for people to yes. um, want to do. And yet we expect when we are taking care of someone for them just to accept the help. But we don't yeah. want to accept the help on the other end. So I think, exactly. that's a, I think that's a good lesson for us to kind of balance out of, okay, they could be resisting this because I'm resisting it over here. 
and I have a lot more control than they do. So I can't imagine what I'd be like if I was in their position. And and that shining that light on that um, can be uh, pretty insightful as well. Well, this has been just a really interesting um, conversation with you. Are there other things about ABC dementia that we haven't covered um, that you think we should? Gosh, that's a good question. I mean, there's so so much to it. Um, you know, I um, I guess I would just say I would really encourage people to come and check out our, our open community. We have a portion of it that's just open to the public and will remain that way. And then a portion, like I said, that is, um, you know, subscription based. Um, really, really just looking for people who are um, kind of, yeah, who who are like like-hearted people who who really want to support one another who really want to take some proactive steps to you know planning ahead um to support their their person and to to learn some of these things that that we're talking about about you know let's look at it how let's look at it from you know our loved ones points of view and and imagine ourselves in their their shoes and we would be doing you know, probably not as, as well as them <laughs> in, in many cases, not always, but, um, but uh, absolutely. And I'm just always so happy to, to talk with people, um, you know, if, if anyone has um, questions or, or whatever about whether it's a good fit, I'm always happy to just kind of meet with people and, and um, talk it out and I won't be able to help myself. I'll just be, you know, here's, here's all, here's some resources and this and that. Cause I just love that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so we're starting out really focusing on people who are in the early stages and ABC dementia stands for appreciating behavioral communication in dementia. That's kind of where it came from. That's really my, my passion. And like I said, it's just, it's kind of a message that, that is seeped into the pores of the community. Um, and more and more we'll be focusing on that, um, that aspect of it because, you know, nobody's out there Googling (laughs) behavioral communication. Nobody knows about it. So just, you know, one step at a time trying to, to help people understand that this um, there, there are alternatives that that people that we all can thrive with the right support and that support is available. have to get the word out to, (laughs) to folks. Well, and I'm not sure if you've signed up for Dementia Map or not, but we'd love to have you join us on that. I definitely uh, intend to do that. So that's another way for people to be able to find you. Well, um, this has been a very uh, interesting conversation, Laura. I wish you and Patty the best of luck with ABC Dementia. And again, I, I really encourage our listeners to like, click and share, be a giver of hope, pass this episode on, because you don't know who in your circle is in need of this information, because this is just kind of a taboo topic. Um, caring for others is not something that that most people walk around with a badge on their chest and say, hey, this is what I do. Um, a lot of people keep it quiet, especially in the work environment, because they're worried it's going to affect their job. Uh, some are worried it's going to affect kind of their social status or people asking them to do things and they, they want to still be invited. And they don't really talk about it because they don't want people to look at them differently, um, even though they know their roles consciously or unconsciously have changed. And so it's important for us to be able to be there and say, even if we don't understand, here's a resource that, that might be able to, to help you on that. 
Again, you can go to their website, which is abcdementia.org. You can email Laura at laura at abcdementia.org. You can find her on LinkedIn and at Laura Herman. And on Facebook, you can check out their, their group there, ABC Dementia. So easy enough to find. Uh, again, Laura, thank you so much for your time today and, and to our listeners. Again, uh, please feel free to um, carouse alzheimerspeaks.com. We've got all kinds of free stuff there that you can uh, download, listen to, um, and watch. Um, or maybe you want to submit um, a poetry or an article uh, that we're more than glad to push out. Or maybe you're living with dementia and you want to be part of our dementia chats or our dementia in the arts program. So again, we've got a little something for everyone and we really encourage you to, um, to take advantage of that. Um, again, you can check out DementiaMap.com. And if you're just starting to have this conversation about how do we care, um, you might want to pick up um, my book, Betty, the Bald Chicken Lessons in How to Care. It's a children's book, but it's good for any ages and all situations in life. When you just don't feel like you fit in or someone else is struggling to fit in, it'll make you think twice on how you respond and how you want others to respond to you. So thanks again, everyone. Have a blessed day and we will talk to you soon. Bye now. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.